0: how an EA can be able to free up time. Now, imagine being able to take things up another notch where you have an operator who's ensuring and overseeing your account managers and your client support people, your project managers, who's actually looking at the overall goals of the company and ensuring that they're getting executed and that their job is to really operationalize processes and continue to be bringing things up to the next level continually so that you really have that space to continue to grow and that you can be able to go out and sell and really have that confidence that your clients are gonna be taken care of better than ever because you have like this really strong team in place. Is your current success putting a lot of demands on you? If you're good at what you do, and you are, then everyone wants you, but that's no way to scale. If you're delivering spectacular results, you should be commanding higher fees, working with only the best clients. Welcome to the Hands Off CEO Podcast, where world-class agency owners and consultants learn how to fully monetize their expertise and scale profits by doing less. Here's your host, Mandy Ellefson. Hello, this is Mandy Ellefson, host of the Hands Off CEO Podcast. So today I am going to share with you how I cut 20 hours off of my work week with an amazing executive assistant who I also call our CBB, our chief bottleneck breaker. I'm going to be giving away a ton in this episode. I've spent the last 14 years learning how to do this, learning through mistakes, experiences, my after reading books, working with mentors I've invested a lot of time and money into learning these skills. And on top of that, we've actually assisted and actually done done for you. And we've also hired and assisted in hiring hundreds of operations staff in our clients' businesses. So we know a lot about this. And a lot of times we are talking about operations managers, operators. For some companies, they might need a COO, a director of operations. Talk a lot about hiring and developing leaders. But here's the thing is, is there's also a very important leader that is directly responsible for helping you as a CEO free up a lot more of your time. And I am just shocked at how few CEOs actually have a good executive assistant. And this is relevant because right now we actually went and we hired me a new executive assistant. Our last one, fantastic. She actually ended up staying at our company a lot longer than I thought. She came in as really more of like an an intern while she was in college. And she was someone that we knew from our network and was looking for some extra hours while she was in college. And she was just so sharp. She picked things up so quickly. And it was just a natural transition for her to come in as my executive assistant. And man, did she pick things up fast. Actually, even seeing her in this role for how quickly she was able to take things on, it gave me a new fired hope for what can be really possible for this role in the company. And I've also had really great executive assistants before her as well, but I find that each new person in a role they can give you an idea of like what's really possible and you get like a vision for what you're looking for. The great thing was, is that I actually went on a vacation this month. I was gone for 10 days to Iceland while I was on my trip, no laptop, completely unplugged. My previous assistant gave her notice just before I left. And by the time I came back, I had some really great candidates to evaluate and my program director is like, I found your new assistant. And I'm like, yes, this is amazing. So the first week I'm back, we already have a new person hired and starting to train up very shortly as soon as she's done giving her notice. So really exciting to see how quickly things can be happening, completely hands off without me. We're also seeing some trends changing in the the staffing industry a little bit right now. It hasn't been quite as competitive as it has in the past, which is really good. We were able to find some good candidates on LinkedIn through paying for some advertising. I was really just excited to see how quickly this whole process can take. This process can take months, but if you're really focused and you know what you're doing and you follow a good process, you can do it fairly quickly. But we can hire a lot more quickly because we are so experienced at this. We've done for you hiring for our clients. And what I'm sharing with you, We actually have charged our clients $10,000 just for recruiting for these type of roles. So this is a really good value add that I just wanted to generously share with our podcast audience to say thank you and to also just really give you the opportunity to start to have some of the freedom that me and the rest of our clients experience. It's just really cool. So like I was saying, I eliminate at least 20 hours per week of work that otherwise I would have to do, like soul-sucking work in many cases. Now, the great thing about it is that what is soul-sucking for me is not soul-sucking for the kind of person who likes to be an executive assistant. Anyway, I'm going to be talking first about what are they going to do, how to monetize this role, and what are you looking for, what are you not looking for, where to find them, and how to screen them. And there's also how to train and onboard them, but we're not going to be able to get into that today. If there's a lot of interest, reach out we may consider actually doing another training on this on our podcast. What will they be doing and how to actually monetize this role? How do you be able to justify someone coming in and doing a lot of those busy work? Well, first of all, this is work that it is just not at the level where it is way below your pay grade, let's say. And if you could spend just 10 extra hours per week um, generating more sales, if you focus on more sales, how much more business could you bring in? Well, if we're going to be conservative here, let's say you follow up with five prospects. And let's say that you reached out to 10 new ones per week. And you know, you have clear profile who you're looking for and you reach out to 10 new ones but maybe some cool package or something else outrageous that really encourages them to get on the phone with you. You know, if you do that 40 times a month, just a pretty small conversion rate of 10 calls. And let's say you closed one of them and for a $50,000 deal over the next year, and then let's say out of those five prospects you're reaching out to a week, you're able to generate another sale from that. Like, these are pretty conservative numbers. That's another $100,000 a month. This literally can add up to millions of dollars in your business. And that's not even taking into consideration once you actually start spending some time putting together these campaigns that then your team can actually take on and run without you. And just really the sky's the limit when you can do that. Those are the kinds of things that you can focus on working on your business where you can generate a lot more growth. And then while you're doing that, you could actually end up working less because you don't have to do as much of the busy work and the things that just aren't fun anyway. They'll also be doing things that just free up your energy and your mental bandwidth. And really for me, having this role in place has been the key for me to be able to have a full day every week for a CEO day where I focus just on tasks that are going to grow the company and. On visioning and you know, the things that I need to be doing as a CEO that oftentimes get put to the back burner because there's not that's this open space to focus on that. It's also the key to, that allows me to travel a lot and really be able to continue growing the company and have a very successful, fast growing company where I can really just focus on the top things in the business that's going to add the most value. So this Executive assistant, what they could be doing is pushing through projects that you as a CEO owns, making sure that nothing slips through the cracks so you can really focus on your priorities and forget everything else. I just kind of think about it like them being another brain, another extension of yourself, a brain, but it's a brain that's much more orderly and organized than your brain could ever possibly be because they think differently than you do. So, My EA is one of the most important roles in our company, and I know that it allows me to operate the business in such a way that I really enjoy every day that I'm here. So um, their job is also to project manage, implement marketing initiatives, perhaps. They could be screening calls and screening emails, doing scheduling, managing your calendar, making sure that you have enough time and space to do the things that are the most important making sure that you're actually taking care of yourself and you're not overworking, which could lead to burnout. They could also be a stress valve for your other leaders. They could be supporting multiple people if you don't have enough work for them yourself. Really what's nice about this is I mentioned that it's kind of like having another brain, but it's like having another brain that is all orderly and laid out into a project management system. So everything is tracked moving forward and, Very likely, they may have even been the one who researched and laid out and set up the whole project management system for you. It can dramatically decrease your staff stress and they'll be more productive than you can at some of these soul-sucking tasks that I mentioned and really help you build systems too along the way. So here's what you're looking for. You are looking for a very experienced person. All right. I used to think earlier in my business that I just preferred to train people up and What I know now is I was just being cheap. The core issue is that I didn't value my time enough to really see how much value they would be adding to the company. And really the core of that is I wasn't as confident that I would be able to consistently spend my time in a different way and generate more sales to be able to make up for that. I was making that decision and acting out of fear, and I didn't even realize it. That's something that I realized cheap is expensive. And this is really a profit center in your business. If you value your time and you use it to generate more sales, what you're looking for is someone who is anal retentive and who's focused, willing to learn, takes feedback. When I say experienced, I'm not saying 20 years of experience or maybe even 10. I mean, someone with five to 10 years of experience can be great. 20 years can be nice, but you could also be running into a situation where they might not be as up to speed with a lot of softwares and things, and they might not be as excited to learn new things. That's one thing that I have seen with some people who've had a lot of experience, a lot of years of experience, they could just not be as excited to try new things. So there's a real balance here. You still want someone who's going to learn a lot and you can mentor, who's going to be coachable, who's willing to take feedback, feedback in the moment. But this is going to be a different personality than the, yourself. I will mention when we talk about screening, what you're looking for, how do you be able to tell if they are anal retentive and this focused type of personality that you're looking for. Also, they need to fit your culture. This goes with all hiring and they need to be able to, to fit your values. So evaluating them based on your values. In our company, we have lots of personality. We have an edgy brand. We want someone who is going to see that as an asset, who's not too buttoned up. Where they're going to really value coming into a place where they can really be themselves. I mean, within reason, within our values, and it may be in a more corporate environment, they don't have that option. So I'm always looking for where there are strengths that we have in our business that will give them multiple reasons why they want to be part of our team. We want to be able to have a number of things that really anchor them in to becoming raving, excited, enthusiastic brand advocates. And you don't create that just from giving someone a paycheck. It doesn't matter how much you pay them. Actually, it has to be a lot more than money. It has to be about other things that are valuable to them that they're going to really resonate with. So that's why they want to be part of your team and what you're building. So what else are you looking for? Let me actually just share an experience I had. I had hired a VA from the Philippines and she was a lovely person she helped me a lot. She definitely freed up time for me. She was smart, but I just found myself doing a lot of checking up on her and cleaning up her work. And I remember one Christmas vacation, I was over at my sister's house. I noticed this big mistake that was sent to a client. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she just sent that. Oh my gosh. I was so frustrated. At this moment, I realized that I had really underhired for skill and it was really holding me back in the company, that level of frustration, I never wanted to feel again. So that was an example of what I am not looking for. So I'm not, I'm not saying that you can't find great people from the Philippines, but I would say that in most cases, you'll need to have really good processes. And it's going to be more of a process-driven role and not one where there's as much leadership involved, where they need to make a lot of decisions, where there's a lot of gaps in information. So with an executive assistant, there's going to be a lot of gaps in information. And if not, you're going to have to spend an enormous amount of time like spelling every little thing out. I do not want to do that when it comes to an executive assistant. You know, if an executive assistant has an assistant, by all means, they can do that. But that's not my job as a CEO to spell every single little thing out. I want some people who can actually see some of that. And again, there are great people from the Philippines. I know that there's some people who cracked that code to be able to hire higher-level people in the Philippines. I have not personally seen it done effectively at the level that we are able to do with candidates from other countries. But you know what? There are a lot of different ways to do things. So I'm not going to ever say that it's never possible. Also, what we're not looking for, someone who needs an office environment if you have a remote position. So for us, we definitely have a remote team. You need to have someone who is going to be comfortable working from home who can be self-directed and they see that as an asset right not as a oh well i guess i have to do this or work from home you want someone who is it is really going to be a good fit for their life and preferably who's who's already worked from home already because then it's a risk factor that you don't have to deal with your with, you, with your own company because you'll be able to see that they've already already been successful in that area so you also do not want someone who is a fractional resource that's working for other companies That has a staffing center. I really encourage you to have this role be 30 to 40 hours per week and really a full time. And I'm not saying that they can't have anything else on the side, but I I would strongly encourage you to find someone who their career can be your company, which means you're going to need to pay them accordingly. This is a role where you want to have 100% access to them, where you need to have a lot of hours matching. I would not choose someone who has a different time zone change over you because it will become unsustainable really fast, even if they're willing to work on your time zone. Also, beware of those who have emotional neediness and they need validation, otherwise known as energy vampires. Also, people who are really chatty or otherwise, if they're passive, you need someone to be very assertive. They need to be able to manage you and be this firewall between you and everyone else who's vying for your time and your energy. Their job is to be that guard between you and the rest of the outside world. One person in particular that I think of or one character on the movie, if you've ever seen the movie Sabrina with Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford's executive assistant who sits outside his office. I mean, she's like a bulldog. And whenever I think of a really good executive assistant, that's who I'm thinking about. And I don't know if that was her exact role at the company, but that's pretty much what you need as a business owner to really be performing at your best. Some other roles to watch out for students, that can be a little bit of a risk. It's one thing if they want to take a little bit of classes on the side, but you really need to make sure that you're hiring someone that this is their career. Otherwise, you'll have a lot of turnover in this position and it won't be worth the amount of time that you have to put into training someone. Also, we found other profiles that aren't such a good fit for the executive assistant role is realtors, entrepreneurs, salespeople. I hired a project manager one time who had her own business. She called a side hustle. She had her own side hustle. She was great. She really did a good job. But as time progressed, what I realized was, is that my business was actually her side hustle. (laughs) I would really discourage you from hiring someone who has another thing going on. That is a big conflict to what you're doing. Even if you're looking at, well, I just need someone part-time. No, don't hire someone part-time hire someone full-time for this position. But there are some parents out there who might want a 20 to 30 hour work week, by the way, But it's their full-time, it's where they're putting all of their focus on that. Just be careful. Make sure that it's something that they're really committed to taking on. So where to find them? You can have recruiters go out and find um, these roles for you. You need to make sure you still do the screening. They will not do anywhere near as good of a job screening as you, and they will not know the culture of your company like you do. You need to be doing the screening. Even when we have done recruiting for our clients in the past, we have still given them the top three candidates that they need to select on their own. And we give them a process for how they should be screening them and give them feedback, of course. But it's really important to know what is a good fit for your company and to be able to have a process that you can replicate over and over again. And that is a process that runs completely without you as a CEO, except for just those last pieces. Now, something else that you might be involved in is relationship building and the relationship building that there might be some candidates that especially higher skilled candidates that you're building relationships with over time and where you're scoping out talent. Now that might be a place where you're focused, but really the whole screening process, you should not be involved in at all as a CEO, except for the very last part where you are just doing the screening and deciding if, if it's a good fit after they've already been um, screened. Flexjobs.com is one that we really like. And we have liked a lot in the past. LinkedIn, as I mentioned before, there's lots of job boards. It's worth paying to get some eyeballs on your job ads. And really, you want to be writing a compelling job ad. So why would they want to work for your company? What are they going to learn? Who would they work with? Are you a key industry leader that, that they'd be working one-on-one with, that they'd be getting mentorship from? That's an asset, right? What's the kind of lifestyle they would have working at your company? What is the BS that they don't have to deal with? Thinking about commutes, thinking about, you know, just... The simple things for just being able to walk across your house and be able to eat your own food out of your own fridge and not have to deal with the things that come with having to go into the office. The other thing is flexibility. A lot of workers now have woken up to like they want flexibility. They want to be able to be close to their family. They want to be able to have the ability to take their kids to the doctor's appointment or stoppers and see that play in the middle of the day at your kid's school. It's important for them to have a life, at least as an employer, as how I feel. I want everyone on our team to feel like they have a life and they have space to be able to take off time for the things that are actually important in their life. That's why I started a company. I knew I always knew I, I needed to be my own boss because I had a very particular idea for how I was going to live my life and almost all workplaces were not conducive to that. So, I knew I just needed to create my own place. Also, think about the downsides to working at your company. Who might not appreciate what you have to offer, and who might that be a blessing for? Just be really thinking about what kind of candidates would enjoy some of the pluses and or might what other people might see as negatives. Again, I like to look for three three reasons why they're going to want to be working at your company besides money. And that's how you you can be able to retain really good quality people because they want to be part of what you're building. If your job ad is not compelling enough and it's not exciting enough for someone to look at that, your top candidate is speaking directly to your top candidate. This is a marketing piece. It needs to speak right to them to the point where they are so excited about this position that they're going out researching their com- your company, watching some of your content and really understanding that this is the place that they want to be. Those kind of people are going to go the extra mile in your company, but they have their choice for where they want to work. And with so much competition right now for good staff, you need to have a compelling reason why people want to work for you besides just the money, because you just know that your staff is getting opportunities coming into their LinkedIn inbox daily. If you don't have good reasons for them to stay, they will leave. All right. When we are screening, I've mentioned before, know your risk factors. Where have you failed in the past? So we want to ask questions to flush that out. So some situational-based questions. And one of the, I learned about this in Hiring for Attitude, this book, Hiring for Attitude by Mark Murphy. An example of one of those questions might be, if you look at those risk factors, look at the positive things in, that you're looking for as well. And you ask a question like, tell me about a time when you dot, dot, dot. So tell me about a time when you worked in a fast-paced environment that is hard to keep up. Tell me about a time when you worked in an environment where things were a little bit messy and there were limited resources. Tell me about a time when you worked with a demanding client. Anyway, so you get the point. I'm sharing some of some different examples and they don't all have to be negative. They can be positive too. You're looking for very specific responses. And when I say specific responses, they're going to go into great detail and you'll be able to tell the difference between someone who's going into great detail versus someone who gives you vague answers. Vague answers usually means that they're bluffing. Top grading is the other book that talks a lot about listening for the specifics. I really liked some things about their screening process and top grading from Bradford Smart also a really great book. I'm sharing some of the top things from the book. I also like something that they had on top grading about, there's a chart somewhere in there about the ease of training different skill sets. And that's one of the things that I really liked about that book. All right. You want to be thinking about what your perfect candidate looks like. And by the way, you want to know that way before screening, because that's going to be what's required to be able to write this job ad. You're going to be right specifically to this perfect candidate. So They could have been in your company. You might, they could have applied for a job in the past. They could be in another person's company. They could be in a movie, like I was mentioning before, but build a profile around them. And So we're really fortunate that we've had a couple really good executive assistants in our company that we can just build a profile around, we know exactly what we're looking for down to even the score that we're looking for, the Colby A score. So we have seen a Colby A score, and I'm going to share something with you that we've spent a long time figuring this out with a lot of data points. Now I'm going to share with you the exact whole BA score that you want to be looking for for an executive assistant. So you're going to be looking for high fact finder, high fact finder, so seven or above, and high follow through. I like a six or above in follow through. You don't want to have too much of a gap between your follow through and theirs, though. You don't want to have it be too close to yours. So if you're already at a six, you definitely need someone who has a higher follow-through than you. Otherwise, you're going to feel like they're not moving fast enough. You also want a lower quick start. You know, a two or three quick start is probably a good quick start for this position. Now contrast that to a CEO who might have somewhere between a seven and a nine quick start. Not all CEOs, everybody has, there's a, certainly variety, but my quick start, I'm a nine on quick start. So very high, I get into action very quickly and I'm not going to go into everything about that, but those are some of the scores that you're looking for specifically with Colby A. You know, a lot of creative CEOs are going to be lower on follow-through and that's so great to be able to have someone who is able to bring that skill and that that asset to the company. Something else I wanted to just mention here is that in addition to the challenges hiring with there's so much competition one more thing i want to actually just share here is that behind closed doors a lot of ceos are talking about their frustrations with hiring people who overstate their experience who think that they are more experienced than they actually are who may be coming out of school expecting six figure salaries right out of the gate with almost no experience you're also seeing in some of the the younger generations folks that have a harder time receiving feedback and Just generally, we're hearing about a lot of frustrations from CEOs, even though we have a rising cost of labor, a lowering productivity out of staff. On top of that, a high turnover. You might be seeing this, you might be experiencing this, but I want to let you know that your business does not have to be trapped in people who are not top performers. The reality is that we have always had the majority of the workers in the market Being just mediocre, just okay, not very good. But we're not looking for those people. We're looking for the top performers, the top 10% of the market. The important thing is, is that we need to really be able to attract those people into our companies, build companies that they're going to want to be part of and to build a culture that has accountability because those people like accountability. The reason why is because they're used to being in a company where they're the 20% that does 80% of the work. You know what I'm talking about because you as a CEO, you probably started your business because you were one of those people. It's about creating a workplace where those people are going to thrive and flourish, where they're going to be able to continue to grow. And getting the right people in your company is more important than ever before because of this. And with a small company, you really need the very best people. Every person counts. Every person counts much higher than if you have a company that has 100 employees in it or even 50 employees in it. I'm just going to leave you with just being very intentional about how you're staffing in your company. I know there's a lot I just shared here. There's a lot and we haven't even gotten into training them up, but this can be put together in a very systematic process. And in our business, we have the hiring success system that we give to our our clients and their teams to be able to install into the business. And that's part of our operations academy. So we Train up operators to be able to run the business for the CEO. And that way, it allows the CEO to actually focus on generating growth in the business. So, today we've talked about how an EA can be able to free up time. Now, imagine being able to take things up another notch where you have an operator who's ensuring and overseeing your account managers and your client support people, your project managers, who's actually looking at the overall goals of the company and ensuring that they're getting executed and that their job is to really operationalize processes and continue to be bringing things up to the next level continually so that you really have that space to continue to grow and that you can be able to go out and sell and really have that confidence that your clients are going to be taken care of better than ever because you have like this really strong team in place. So anyway, these are some things that we are help our clients put into place. And really a goal for you is to be able to have a systematized hiring and recruiting process that is going to be able to consistently bring on your very best team. And when you have a fast growth company, just be expecting that you're always going to be hiring and just know that this is a process that you need to be able to dial in so that you can have support people run the majority of it in your business. Then you as the CEO can just be looking at your top candidates. So anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this, this episode We've just been thinking about putting together our training for our executive assistant apprenticeship program so that we can continue to replicate this role too. If this is something that is interesting to you, if you'd like us to do another podcast episode on how we're building out our training system for training up EAs, we already have great training already for our EAs, but we really want to put together an apprenticeship training program so that we can replicate this role faster as our leaders need more support. And also for us to be able to share with our clients in our operations academy. So if you like this episode, please give us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. And we ask, please share this with someone that might really need to hear this. Another CEO who might just be drowning and so badly needs a little extra capacity and a little extra space and maybe some more time with their family. They'll be so grateful that you did. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Hands Off CEO podcast. I am your host. Mandy Ellefson signing off.